Do you like candles? We all know that I love candles and I love the candles from Remy Moon. They are an Australian based small business and they make the best and most magical candles. All of their candles are made with high vibes, pure intentions, and each one is crafted with a little bit of Reiki healing that also suits the intention of the candle itself. All their candles are non-toxic and vegan, so they don't harm us or the animals. You can use the code SUBURBANWITCH for 15% off all of their products, and it's only for listeners of the Witch Talks podcast. Simply head to remymoon.com.au to get your candles now. Welcome to Witch Talks, the series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, professional tarot reader, astrologer, and witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of season two. Oh my goodness, can you believe how many episodes have come out now? This is wonderful. So firstly, Thank you for popping me in your ears once again. I appreciate it. Secondly, my guest today is a dear friend of mine, Australia Taylor. She is amazing. There is so much wisdom in this episode, uh, but we are friends. So we, we chat like friends. So um, it's a little bit less me asking questions and it's a bit more back and forth, which I know you guys actually love that. So please please, please, please let me know your feedback. I love to hear what you think about the episodes, which ones you love and what things you like to see. So I know to make more things like that. So definitely hit me up, send me a DM. I'm always open to DMs. You guys know that. Tiny bit of housekeeping. Once more, make sure you rate, subscribe, like, and leave a review. I would love to read your reviews, guys. Um, It it really, really helps and gives me that dopamine hit. Keep going, guys. You know, I've got ADHD. You got to help me out here. But also make sure you're like telling people, if you like the podcast, share it out with people. I want to get the word out. I really want to see this podcast just grow and grow. First season, I mean, we hit over 10,000 downloads in the first season, which was wonderful. But I'm thinking big guys. I want... I want 50,000, 100,000, right? We want we want to get this out there. We want to help new witches, intermediate witches, advanced witches. We want to help everyone on their path, on their spiritual journey with the amazing teachings that a lot of my guests and myself can bring to the world. And what better way than with this amazing technology? So strap yourselves in. Um, a couple of changes for this season as well. As you know, I'm doing the tarot reading with them at the start, but I'm also not limiting myself with time. I used to be all like, Oh, it has to be under an hour or people won't listen. But no, I'm not doing that anymore. You guys have a pause button and you have control. If you don't like it, you just listen to another episode. That's totally fine. If you do like it, you're probably going to want to hear more from that person. So I'm going to stop cutting out so much and just keep all the juicy goodness in there. Again, let me know your thoughts uh, as I experiment along with you all. Uh, But I'm really, really grateful to have you here. And let's stop me talking and get me into more talking, but with someone else who you want to hear from, which is Australia Taylor. In this episode, I am chatting with the beautiful and creative fire fairy, Astraea Taylor. She is a fellow witch, fire dancer, pagan teacher of the craft, and the author of multiple books, Intuitive Witchcraft, Air Magic, and her newest book, which is Modern Witchcraft with the Greek Gods, plus one more book that is going to be released later this year, which we'll also be chatting about. She is joining us via Zoom all the way from Ohio. Hey, Australia! Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. Oh, I'm so glad. And we have been trying to organize this chat 
with our busy schedules for ages. And I'm so glad that it has worked out. And thank you so much for joining me today. Like it's it's lovely. We get to chat in person. I know we're friends online and we talk online all the time. And I I hear your voice in my head all the time whenever (laughs) I see your texts. And it's, it's like so fun to actually talk to you in person. Yes, I agree. It's, it's, Whilst it's like, I mean, it's in person, but it's not in person, right? But it feels Ish. more real than a text. Yeah. Not to put that form of relationship down either as well, because I feel like we've got a very solid ground in our relationship. Yes, we do. Awesome. So we talk about wanna, everything. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. What I want to talk about, uh, what I want to start with today is by pulling a tarot card for you, if you're comfortable with that on air. Definitely. Yes, let's awesome. do it. Do you have a question or would you like general guidance? Um, you know, what's funny is I pulled a card before this podcast, <laughs> which is funny because you're pulling a card. Um, and I didn't know you did that uh, in this season, <laughs> but um, um, so mine is the, the page of air, but I'm curious. Uh, I don't know, like what's the general energy of the times right now? Mm, like, okay. I, I, that's what I ask a lot. Cool. So usually I sort of pick one that I feel vibes with whoever I'm talking with and there's a couple here that I have that I just I feel like you might like so I'm just going to show you and I want you to choose which one so the first deck which I haven't actually read with this is called Tarot of the Sorceress I've done an unboxing of it but I haven't really played with it just yet so there's that one it's all like black and gold and white and then this is the other one so the two-tone tarot which is Hmm. it's really cool it's actually like an indie deck and it comes in two different styles the shadow or the light and I chose the shadow so it's all black with white images mm-hmm. on top which one do you feel I think the first one it this just one? looks more spectral you know like a more uh, ethereal electric it, it is it's it's meant to be a witch's wheel of the year is kind of the theme of the tarot so let's give it a go oh it is gorgeous it's got these like stunning gold edges all right, let's have a little looky loo. It's a yeah, little. I'm a tarot addict. I have like 15 decks, and I've given so many away too. I God, how many decks would I have? One, two, three. I wonder if we count. Do we count oracles? No. Okay, just tarot. <laughs> Those one, two, are three, different. Four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I reckon I'm about the same. Sixteen. Wow. Yeah, 16, 16 tarot or 17. I mean, 17. there you have it, everyone. Like that's a good number of decks to have. If you only have two, you should get some more probably. <laughs> oh, and when I do my tarot classes, so the good thing is I've got so many. So I bring them all along because I'm not precious about people, you know, using my decks. Like that's not a big deal for me. So I get my students to, to play with them and to choose which one. I've got so many different ones for them to choose from, which is wonderful. Um but yeah, that's one of the things they're like, oh, shouldn't we just have one? And I'm like, no, no, not at all. There's there's so many different things that you can find in different decks. Like, you know, I've got some decks that are really good for spiritual questions or love or really need gentle readings. I've got other ones that are great for like, oh, I've got one actually. And I'll tell you what I do with it. Um, the Thoth Tarot. It's pretty brutal, I find, in its readings. It's very, what's the word? I don't know. It's intense. It's an intense deck, yeah. right? I gave that one away. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. But I like and... it. It's beautiful, though. It's it's gorgeous, and I love the artwork. I just, 
I just have to, I had to um, pass it along to somebody else who wanted it, who needed it. <laughs> well, I think it also, it reads really clearly. Like it is, there's no room for uh, making it fluffy or light. If you get a card like despair, right? It says mm-hmm. despair. It looks pretty intense. You're like, oh God, you can't, can't flip that around in another way. So I actually use that when I'm, when I'm doing a house cleanse for someone and I will walk through the house with my deck shuffling it and I'll pull a card for each space in the house. And that will tell me the energy of the the room and whether I need to, you know, spend a bit of extra attention, do some energy clearing as well as, you know, a smoke cleanse or whatever else I'm using. And then what I do is when I'm finished, I go back through pulling a card for each room again and make sure that that energy has shifted and it has worked wonderfully and it gives me so much information as well like I've I've gone through for example and let's say I go into the toilet right it's a single toilet room and you think there's not going to be much like energy in there right but maybe I pull a card what did I pull recently the last house cleansing I did I pulled a card and whatever it did it didn't say that there was I just felt like it's not telling me about this room but it's giving me a bit of extra information about something to do with this room and I went back down I was like do you have you got stomach issues? Is there like issues around your health? Um, oh, and it was around feeling um, that feeling of my health issues are a burden. It was burdens. I pulled like a, a burdensome sort of card. Um, might have been ten of wands type of thing. And I was like, Do you feel? I think it was. Do you feel like your health issues are a burden? Because that energy that you're bringing into this space, that's sort of causing a little bit of upset in what's happening in the actual house. So it gave me like this wonderful information as I was doing it. And they were just like, how did you know that? I'm like, the cards know. (laughs) It was really interesting. So you can use them for more than just a tarot reading, which is wonderful. Exactly. I agree. All right. So this is- As long as your cards don't lie. (laughs) You don't want the cards that lie. (laughs) So this is general general energy for like for you for upcoming type of thing. Um, sure, yeah. Is that what you said? I've got lost um, in my train of thought. You know, I think like let's do it for the community. I think like um, mm-hmm. I, we all need to hear some kind of a message. You know, cool. Everybody wants to hear something. All right, lovely. We got a lovely card, which yes, I will just advise everybody. I may go on a few tangents today because I haven't taken my ADHD medication because I'm coming off a stomach flu and I was like, I don't want to put that on top of everything else because I just need a rest. So if I do, just roll with it. It's part of the process. Yeah, I'm here for you. Yes, I love it. All right. So the card we have is Ace of Water, which is Ace of Cups. Okay. Um, So for anyone who's tuning in on YouTube, you'll be able to see this card. It's really beautiful. So the cards are black and the images on them are white with like this gold simple border. Now this one has like a vessel. So it's two hands holding a bowl and it's pouring this water out. And there's like flowers and what looks to almost be like coral uh, in the background. And then it says, obviously, ace of water. And in gold, there's the upside down triangle, which is the element of water, the symbol for that. Now, I find in the tarot, aces, extremely lucky. For me, they are like a shifting energy. They are new, fresh energy. Cups or water generally is going to be about intuition. It's going to be around uh, relationships and people and love and feeling and emotions and all of those sorts of things 
right? So it's an influx of new energy in that area of our lives. So in terms of a community reading, I'd say the the tides are turning. Luck is on the up, especially in regards to potentially collective intuition. Uh, This also could, I think we've got uh, Saturn moving shortly into Pisces. So this could even be referencing that in terms of that taking more responsibility around our um, our intuition, our energy and our relationships and our boundaries with one another. So I feel like that shift is going to be really good collectively for the community at large. And then how do you, how do you feel about that, Israel? It's beautiful. I love that interpretation. And, um, you know, whenever I see the Ace of Cups, I just, I see it as this gift. We have this energy that we can take to manifest more bliss in our world, more Mm -hmm. intuition, like you said, and um, just more of these positive feelings. You know, we can leave some of those past lessons behind. We've graduated. We've conquered some uh, emotional uh, mountains. We've walked over them and uh, we've arrived at this new place. And now it's it's totally like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to feel? Uh, Do you still want to feel stressed out? You can go on the same journey again, or you can go on a totally different path. So it's up to you. I love that. And this, even the the way the card is, it kind of looks like it could be a new path, like the way it's Mm -hmm. sort of spreading out this way. And the cup being held quite, it's right at the top of the card, pouring down. So for me, that almost feels like this divine hand coming through to to pour out like more information, more intuition to people. People are open and ready to receive it, right? And it's going to spread out through everyone. And in yes. even in the Rider Waite Smith card, it, that card in particular, because we've got the dove and like the Eucharist and all of that, it just brings this idea of the divine somehow intervening or like being a part of our actual lives. Uh, so coming physical, but also this idea of peace that I get in that card. So it's a good shift. So maybe after the last couple of rough years, maybe things are looking up this year. Let's hope so. <laughs> All right. So now I want to chat about a couple of your books. Now, the first one I talk about, um, because you're a magical powerhouse and it was difficult to know where to start. So I thought I'm just going to start with what <laughs> I know, which is okay. your first book, Intuitive Witchcraft, which I've read. There's a review on my blog as well, if anyone would like to read it. Um, and like, I think it's excellent. It's great for witches who are not drawn to any particular traditional path like myself and like many out there. Is that who you wrote it for? Uh, yeah, I wrote it for people who were newer on the path, people who wanted to refresh their path, people who wanted to deepen their path, people who are looking for a deeper meaning in their lives. Like, why am I doing all this stuff? What's the purpose of it? Uh, what's the energy that I bring to it? Uh, people who want to understand the deeper meanings within the magical processes and bring something themselves to it as opposed to just letting somebody else write everything and following somebody else's um, guidance. You know, you follow your own guidance with intuitive witchcraft. Yeah, I love that. And that's one of the things that drew me to witchcraft was the fact that I mean, there's no church that you have to go to, right? There's no one telling you what to believe. Yeah. You choose your beliefs based on your own experiences. And I think your book really highlights that as well. Thanks. And there are no witch police either. You know, no one's going to arrest you if you don't use sage for this purpose or if you don't use, um, you know, bay leaves for this this way, you know. (laughs) Um, 
some people want to perpetuate that uh, concept that there's only one right way to do things. And, you know, I think tradition can help us get some basic concepts, but ultimately it comes down to who we are. Like, um, so if, if like that one teacher you had in high school always wore rose quartz and you just never got along with her and she hated you or whatever, she gave you an F <laughs> or whatever, um, you're not going to use rose quartz for a love spell or for empowerment, are you? If you mm -hmm. just have that association, that's going to be detrimental and you could self-sabotage. So creating your own personal correspondences, um, I think everyone does it, but not everyone talks about it. So the way you do it is you feel the energy. And when it comes down to it, the word correspondence means to talk. So you're talking with this crystal or this plant or a candle or the concept of uh, putting something in the freezer or burying something. So you're uh, talking with that in your energy and you're figuring out, is this the way for me to go? Is this, is this the best path for me? Um, what can I do with this? I want to do this one thing. And, um, you know, here are the ways you could do it. Like, uh, earlier today, I was just feeling something in my body and I was like, why am I feeling on alert? And all of a sudden somebody put some mail, some piece of mail, like in my door, they opened my door, my screen door and put it in my door. <laughs> they opened in your my door. Doors. Yes. And it was very creepy. Yeah. It turned out it was my husband's friend, but like 15 minutes before that, I was like, why am I on alert? And I, uh, you know, I, my intuition was going off and I didn't know he was stopping by. So anyway, it's, it's one of those things, pay attention to your intuition. It will tell you things that you need to do. Um, like afterward, I was like, okay, well, thanks intuition. Thanks for telling me that was going to happen. I was alert. You know, I wasn't doing something weird. I, I was aware of what was going on. It wasn't somebody weird even, but yeah. um, now I need to pay attention to my intuition as far as like what I can do to relax after that situation, mm -hmm. since it wasn't something that was a dangerous situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about intuition and things like that. So, and I, I briefly mentioned this when we first jumped on the call, but I didn't tell you about it because I wanted to talk about it on air. So I had a dream about you last night, mm -hmm. which I mean, I knew we were talking this morning. It's morning for me, evening for you. I knew we were talking this morning, but I mean, that could subconsciously be in my mind. But in, in this dream, you had, you had traveled to Australia. You had, you were in Sydney. So a different area to me, like a different state, everything. And I went there to then show you around. And it was this really vivid dream of me basically showing you all these wonderful magical places that I knew of and being like this this really warm host and I remember even in the dream being like where are my kids oh they'll be fine <laughs> I didn't have my kids with me I was just like I'll just Wonderful. leave them I'll fly down and I'll take you around and I'll show you everything and Aww. the way we were going around everything was in I was trying to tell my husband, I'm like, it was like a flying car, but it wasn't a car. It was more like <laughs> a square box that we stood in, almost like if you think of a hot air balloon, kind of like the bottom of that, oh, but yeah. I could make it just like move up and down and everything. Like it, it worked with levers and things. So it wasn't magic, but it felt magical that we could, you know, see this new perspective together of over the city and like, let's look over here and we're both exploring something totally new together. So I have a feeling, especially because the sun is currently transiting my 11th house as we record this, which for me brings a lot of prophetic visions and dreams. Mm -hmm. And I pay a lot of attention to my dreams at this time and they ramp up 
that every year they really ramp up at this time. And so for me, the meaning that I get from this wacky dream of us flying through the skies of Sydney (laughs) is potentially in our future, there might be some form of venture where we both get to gain a new perspective of something together of something that is new and slightly unfamiliar uh, and work together to have a really enjoyable experience. So whether that's a collaboration that we work on, whether it was just showing that this podcast is going to bring some really interesting perspectives to both of us, but Mm -hmm. it was a really beautiful dream and I had a good time and we had a lot of fun together. That's amazing. That's so funny. Before, when I was getting ready for this podcast, I was thinking like, what if Hannah came to the States? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that oh would be so God. cool. I would love, I would love so, that. We were yeah. supposed to with, uh, with my husband's work, it was on the cards and then it got taken off the cards. And I was really bummed because I like, I've got you, I've got lots of friends over there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I oh, can yeah. see everyone. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> yeah. It, it will happen. I know at least we have a trip planned in like 2028 for our 10 year wedding anniversary, but that'll be to Canada. But I'm like, oh, that's close, right? That's super close. Go down a little Ish, bit. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on where, what part of Canada. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. potentially, potentially, and you never know. And actually I've been uh, trying to manifest. So anybody listening who may have some contact contacts, what I've been trying to manif- manifest for my future with my work and what I do is speaking roles and teaching roles worldwide. Like that would be wonderful speaking working at retreats or oh gosh can you imagine one thing I said to my husband I'm like can you imagine if I could do a TED talk and he's like yeah that's a bit far-fetched I was like exactly I love it it's perfect <laughs> it's exactly yeah, what I want I don't think it's that far-fetched I no. think it's within reach within <laughs> totally reach. put that yeah. out there so yes I think those sorts of intuitive things because when I when I said that I got that like really excited jolt in my gut yeah. which for me is like a yes that is a great goal to have let's let's put that down so that was what I put on my year ahead manifesting which for anyone listening I do on the first day of my 11th house solar transit um, I do have a report on my website that people can purchase which is um tells you about the sun's transit through your houses and the days that it happens and what to do that month. Uh, But that's what I do. So if you know when that happens, great time for you to do your year ahead, manifesting your big goals and really focus on them for that month. But back to you and intuitive witchcraft. So uh, as you said, you, you wrote it for some newer witches and then also for some that were needing a refresher as well. And what I did write on the review as well is that at first it does read a little bit like a beginner 101 book, but you have to cover those basics because anyone can pick it up, right? But I don't want anyone to be turned away from that because by chapter four, um, the correspondence lists are gone. And if you skip those early chapters, you will miss some wonderful personal stories that you shared. And you included um, a story about you walking on hot coals and it has stuck with me. Like you would not (laughs) believe, I literally think of that so frequently. So I was wondering if you could tell everyone about the first time and then the second time that you went to walk on coals, and then I'll tell you about how it pops up in my day-to-day life. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. So I wrote that story in Intuitive Witchcraft. It's kind of a story about why it's important to raise energy in your magic. So the first time was at this fire festival in Ohio. It was amazing. Fire dancing was going on. I'm a fire dancer. 
I was taking workshops from uh, people who were like considered masters of the poi or the staff or whatever, you know, and it was um, mind blowing, but it was a lot. It was really intense, uh, a lot of exercise, a lot of walking. Uh, but so there was this opportunity to walk on hot coals. And initially I was like, eh, I'll pass. I'm going to relax and make my body's tired. And my friend was like, oh, you should go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You should go. And I said, okay, even though I wasn't feeling it, I figured I could just like, you know, if I wasn't really feeling it, I could just step out or whatever. But, um, I got there and it was really exciting because they were building this huge bonfire and, um, people, they, uh, this leader started raising energy with the people and started like talking us up and, uh, giving us examples and, um, people, uh, it was, it was amazing. So he asked us to pair off then and share our hopes and dreams with the, another person we were at with, you know, and I was with my friend and, uh, I love her. We're still friends, but oh my gosh, <laughs> she kind of did me wrong. <laughs> So we were like, okay. I was like, you can go first. I, I'm the Libra. She's the Aries. Right. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> she's like, I want to open a bakery. I want to do this with my life. I want to do that. And I was like, yes, holding space for her and like supporting her and being like, I believe in you. And then the leader walks nearby and says, I want you all to dig deep. If, if your dream is to open a bakery, you need to talk about that. You need to talk about all those muffins you're going to make or whatever. And she got so excited. She ran off to tell him, that's what I want to do. Oh my God, I want to open a bakery. How did you know? You know, and then she told the person beside him and then the person beside them and then another group and then another group. And before long, I couldn't see her. And then of course it was my turn to talk about my hopes and dreams and nobody was there. <laughs> and I just felt as if my hopes and dreams didn't matter, even though I know that she knew she, it mattered to her, but she was on her own adventure. She was doing something else. Um, but I just started to cry and you know, this was a whole, this is the end of the weekend. I had had little sleep, little nutrition. Um, I was sore, probably some hormones. It's, it's all good. I just started to cry though. And I was really sad and, you know, I got into this lower energy state and I just had to like hang out with some other friends, people who weren't doing it. And, um, uh, I, then the, the walking on coals part happens and I saw them raking the coals out from the bonfire. I was like, I'm going to do it. And people were singing and dancing and they were walking on them. And, and I was like, all right, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and it's my turn. And I walk on the coals and I'm like, ow, ow. And I start running over the coals. It's a long line of coals, you know, and I get to the end and I'm like, okay, oh no, I, I have like, you know, calluses on my feet because I walk around barefoot a lot, but I got burnt on my feet ouch. and I was like, oh yeah, ouch, that really hurt. <laughs> mm. Um, And I didn't go again. I was just like nursing my wounds and like, okay, I'm going to take care of this now. Um. But, you know, I thought about it afterward and I was like, you know, I wasn't raising energy during this ritual. It's basically a ritual. And so when this came around the second year, this fire festival came around to the same place and had the same fire uh, coal, walking on hot coal offering. <laughs> um, I said, okay, I'm going to do it again this year. And I'm going to do it with a friend who's not going to abandon me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
We took turns talking about our hopes and dreams. I talked about, you know, writing books at the time I was writing fiction books and, um, you know, she held that space for me and I held the space for her as she talked about her hopes and dreams. And then when it came time to walk on the coals, we were in the very front. So it was like the hottest the coals were, but we were doing the singing and the dancing people were leading and, uh, we were so excited. And I walked over those coals seven times without being burned once. And so it really taught me so much about how important raising energy is in a ritual. You know, you mm-hmm. could get burned, you could get, you know, you could attract some more negative energy if you're in this negative headspace. And, um, you know, when I say you're in like a higher energy or a high vibration, I don't mean like, uh, you're in like a higher chakras kind of thing. It's more like you're feeling the emotion and, um, it's a strong emotion and, you know, it's, it's taking you over and uplifting you it's, it's amazing. And so that's, that's what I learned from it. And that's the story that I shared in the book about how, you know, it's important to raise energy and there's so many different ways to raise energy, but I'm curious about what your, like how you think about this too. So first, I think it's a powerful, powerful story and stories are, you know, they're the things that stick with us. Right. And that's what I loved about your book that you included that it wasn't just, here's how you do the thing. It's like, Hey, I'm going to teach you through an example and that's what sticks with people rather than, you know, the the little bit that says exactly how to do something. You remember the story mm-hmm. of how it's done. And so at our house here, we have we have stone pathways around the sides of the house. And these are not like little pebbles, little smooth pebbles. They are like chunky rocks. Um, they're quite large and they're kind of sh- not sharp, but pointy and jagged. Now, they are not comfortable to walk on at all, generally, but every time I need to walk on them, whether my toddler has decided to toddle over them all and then realizes that it hurts and he's crying, whenever I go over there with the energy of like, oh, if you know it hurts, why don't you put shoes on? Like, oh, walk over. And then I'm like, ow, 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 ow. And every single time you pop into my brain and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I know it's hurting because I'm in that state of being frustrated or I'm in that that lower energy state. So I usually then take a moment and just go, all right, okay, it's all right. He's just a kid. It's fine. He just needs his mum. I'm going to go, I, look, he's calling for me because he loves me and he knows that mum can help. Isn't that beautiful? And I do this little like mental shift and it is wild how quickly it doesn't hurt as much. And then sometimes when we're playing and we're literally in that really playful energy with the kids and maybe a ball gets thrown over there, um, I'll run over them. And it's like, I don't even notice until I get back. I'm like, oh, how did I do that? And then you pop into my brain again. I'm like, (laughs) the thing with the stress, it's like they're hot coals. Like they're not hot coals unless it's a really hot day, which does also happen. But (laughs) the pain of just the, the rocks poking into my feet changes based on my mood and I think it is a wonderful wonderful example and I use this as well when when I because I do get chronic migraines when I have a migraine what I do is instead of going into that state which I used to go in before I did magic or understood energy work or anything like that where I would just be crying in pain um which obviously does not make a migraine any better But now what I'll do, obviously retreating to a very quiet space, but I'll put something on, whether that is music that's at a really um, soothing frequency or something that I really love, like an audio book. 
And I'll just put it there, focus on that and try and get lost in the story. And I noticed that that is what helps me push through and the pain to lessen more than anything else that I do. Um, You know, try to think about, you know, this migraine is giving me an opportunity to rest. How wonderful is that, that I can rest, that I have a partner here who's able to watch the kids or, you know, bring me my medication or whatever it is that I need. I'm so lucky. So I try and shift it and it, it just brings it back to that that story that you've shared that I think is just such a wonderful thing. And that's, as I said, that's in the first few chapters. And I think that's a reason why it's definitely a good, a good thing to go through some of those earlier learnings. Even if you're like, I know how to raise energy, don't skip the chapter because you're going to miss some of these beautiful teachings, you know, which I think is. Yeah. A lot of people don't raise energy and their, their spells or rituals at all. Yeah, I'm like, Oh girl. Oh boy. Don't you know in I know, many right? books, I think your book and Meg Rosenbry's book, um, mm-hmm. The Healing Power of Witchcraft, they're two that have stuck out that have actually mentioned raising energy, but a lot of other ones that I've read and reviewed just just ignore it. And I'm like, but that's like mm-hmm. a big part. <laughs> it's kind of. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Some books even ignore setting an intention. And I'm like, oh, don't you know, like, but then again, I'm a word, which, you know, total air magic head. <laughs> and that's, I'm like, you know, you have to be exact or you're just inviting general stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's, I'm exact, you know, I like to use my words. I like to, um, you know, create definite vibes or just pick out the the vibe that I want with my words. And it's really yeah. important to me. Yeah. It's funny. So I would probably relate myself more to if I had to choose an element, earth, I herbs are like the crux of my craft. I mean, even as we speak, I walked through my garden this morning, as I said, I had stomach flu yesterday and I wandered through my little herb garden and I thought, all right, which one is calling to me? Which plant is going to help me this morning um, with feeling better, which is going to help my stomach, which is going to be gentle on me. And I just intuitively picked Uh, which obviously mint is good for digestion, but mint, lemon balm, and a little tiny piece of mugwort leaf as well um, and pop those all together with some lemon. But the quantities is always intuitive. It's like I just feel Mm -hmm. like there's just a tiny bit of mugwort will help. Too much is going to be overpowering for me and not necessary. So I think that for me, using herbs in in my craft, I really tune into the energy of the plant spirit and that solidifies my intent based on the plant spirit that I'm using, if that makes sense. So I think it does. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful to use those, those different elements that you feel most kinship with in your practice. It's a great, great little and tip. I, I really feel like intuition is a body centric, earthy kind of magic as well. It's letting yourself escape the mental chatter of your mind and saying like, what do I really feel? Um, earlier today, I found myself texting my boss saying, Hey, can I leave a half an hour early <laughs> because my body just wanted to do it? Mm-hmm. My mind was like, no, you should stay on. You should work that the full eight hours. And then, but um, my lunch ran longer than I thought it would. I had an appointment. And anyways, uh, my body, my body picked up my phone and was like texting my boss, like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> also, can I just say what's really funny? Uh, you have both of my mugs say witches brew. Say witches brew. Oh, that's such a cute little, we're twinning and we're both also wearing black. Yes. Which I feel like for you is normal. 
Whereas for me, I'm usually quite bright. I usually wear bright colors. And I looked in my wardrobe this morning and everything I looked at was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> I just want comfy black. So I've just got a black t-shirt. It does say vibes on the front, but in black, oh, so you yeah. can't really tell. Um, but yeah, so I feel like we're twinning a little bit. Yeah. Nice. I like how it's not good vibes only or something because it's just vibes. <laughs> I like the bad vibes too. I, I like I'm not afraid of shadow work at all. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I know you're not either. Uh, question with your with that fire festival and walking on the hot coals, was it a witchy festival too? Um no, it was um called Kinetic Fire Festival. So it was mostly about learning all the different kinds of moves you could do with fire dancing. Mm-hmm. And then every night there was a big bonfire, people would fire dance and, you know, you'd have safety people there watching other people. It was amazing. It was, it was just a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love fire dancing so much. And I really wanted to write the fire magic book. Um, but I was, that one ask. was already taken. I, was <laughs> yes. ask. I literally have that is like my little thing to talk about, which was, you know, as someone who's got such an affinity with fire, you've written the air magic book and fire and air work very well together. Um, But I was curious. So obviously fire was taken and was air your next choice? Or do you also feel that sort of affinity with air as well? Yeah. So um, my Saturn is in Leo in the 11th house. And so I'm learning to, you know, be that Leonine personality. And I love it too. I find it's really easy to bring out as long as I don't work too much. You know what I mean? Like, um, with my day job and writing, but, um, so that's the challenge with that. And so I'm learning the Saturnine steps and I Mm -hmm. love it. And I also have, um, Neptune and Sagittarius and, uh, uh, so, but I do have an, uh, air grand trine in my chart with Mm my sun, my moon and my Jupiter. And I relate to air on such a huge level. Uh, you know, I'm all about the atmosphere. I'm all about like expanding and taking up space. I'm all about uh, feeling that, you know, creating an atmosphere where people can feel like, you know, they're welcome and um, they, they, they belong and things like that. So it's, it's part of my journey to be this air magic person. And it's funny, uh, Llewellyn, when they asked me, they were like, so will you do water magic? And I was like, no, <laughs> I can't. That's like the least one, like I, I do have Scorpio, but, um, it's the one that I'm least familiar with. And I know that there are a lot of really strong people who identify with water. And then I said, I could do earth or air because I have some earth placements too. And, uh, you know, I've studied earth science and environmental science, um, mm. at college and university. So, uh, yeah, it just worked out that air magic was my bag and, and I love it. I loved writing about it and experimenting with it and talking about it. It was, it was a dream come true. That's wonderful. Is it set up? Cause I haven't read air magic. Um, I think I, do I have a copy of it? I've definitely got a copy of fire magic. Can't remember which ones. And I've got a, a big bag from Llewellyn that has just arrived today as well with some more books, um, which I see a lot of people getting their beautiful Llewellyn box of books and mine comes in like a giant garbage bag. I'm like, <laughs> why? That's funny. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm like really far away or something. I don't know. Oh, no. uh, but yes, I have a giant blue garbage bag full of books here to open shortly. Um, oh, wonderful. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have, I don't think I have air magic and I haven't yet read fire magic. But with that book, is it set up similarly to Intuitive Witchcraft in regards to, because what I found with that book was, firstly, it was chock full, like it is deceptively 
large intuitive which is <laughs> like yeah it i've got it here so if anyone's watching you can see it it just looks like a kind of standard novel size it is it is it doesn't look like it's going to take a while it took it actually took me ages to get through because it's it's dense there's a lot in there yeah. you've packed it full and just when i thought you'd covered everything of the craft there were more chapters and then another chapter and then another chapter and i was like there's so <laughs> much in here that i didn't even think of that you'd put in there and what I really loved as someone um who likes to go off on rabbit hole searches is at the end of each chapter you put like a further reading list mm-hmm. a it shows how well researched you are but b is like a dream come true because I'm like I really like I want to learn more about this and I'm like oh and I have sources to go and search in this is wonderful so is is air magic similarly set up in that regard with um you know, sort of reference style and and neat little chapters? I would say that it's set up the same way as the other, other elemental books are set up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There was a specific format that Llewellyn wanted. It was um, you know, an introduction and then um, history and then the magical beasts, which, you know, can be used for imaginatory kind of spirit work mm-hmm. kind of things. And then uh, correspondences and and then at the end, there's like uh, spells and rituals and whatnot. So I had a uh, very little control over the format, but, you know, I really wanted to convey the meaning of air in all of its deep meanings. So I, you know, and I do love to talk and write and stuff. So my basic thing is I know that um, I have a lot of information to share. I try to break it down in the most accessible way possible. So it is very linear. It's um, presented in a very basic, easy to absorb manner, but at the same time, it does go into those deeper pockets Mm. and it kind of like leans into um, the deeper meanings as well. And uh, the introduction kind of shows how air can mean so many different things you know it can mean like the actual element the breath that we do it can mean um you know the the mind and our intention and psychisms and there's also the physical element of air how it changes how it initiates how um it it carries things forward you know you can see that in literal air and that's where some of my science comes into play as well Mm -hmm. so i i go deep but it's also deceptively simple as well yeah, I, I <laughs> love when you, the question. I love when when there is books like this that give something that may, people might be like, oh yeah, like air, right? Just an element, right? They might write it off a little bit, but it gives it the space to really explore because air is so much more than just air. As you said, there's a gentle breeze that might carry a little butterfly along. And then there's mm-hmm. the destructive element of things like tornadoes, right? So you have these these varying ways of using that sort of magic and I think it's wonderful to to give the opportunity of exploring the element just by itself yeah and um Llewellyn said that people said that it was the hardest element to relate to and they didn't know what how to relate to it and I'm like are you kidding we are swimming in an ocean of air (laughs) it's all around us like we're bathing in it all the time like, and, you know, we're literally receiving messages all the time too, and energy all the time. Energy is just flowing in. And this is an ancient concept. It's not something that I came up with. It's, you know, it goes back to the ancient Greeks and Mesopotamia, Sumeria, and, you know, probably even before that, we don't have any records of it, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing to, um, you know, 
consider all of these things when we think of the element of air. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just so much going on. And once we tune into it, it's like our eyes are open. It's like the fish who doesn't realize he's in the water. It's it's us with the air. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes, it is. And did you include as well things like technology in in terms of like Wi-Fi and being able to talk to someone via Zoom? I mean, I find that a form of air element magic, right? Um, Yeah. People might, just because it's technology doesn't mean it's not magical and you can do magic through it. Was that included in the book? Um, not so much. I mentioned like the age of information and, you know, this is also the age of disinformation too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote that during the Trump era, it was hard to write books during that time, but, you know, putting little things like that in there really rang true and, um, helped me get through with it. Um, but yeah, I believe that, you know, technology, it's a very Aquarian, innovative energy. Mm-hmm. And so definitely that's in there as well. And, you know, it's funny when we were all in lockdown with the pandemic, right? Um, I led a ritual online and I was like, oh no, am I going to be able to like do the energy workings, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. I do with the ritual, people are going to feel it. I'm worried about that, but I did it two different times, the self-love ritual with Aphrodite, two different times virtually, and people felt it. People were moved by it. And I could feel the people too. Um, You know, when you're in person and doing it, it's like one thing to be in the same room and to help people move their energy. But I felt people far away as if they were in the same room with me, even though we were on a Zoom calls. So we were able to do this ritual to everyone's satisfaction. And I was so happy with all of that. I think it's wonderful. I mean, I, I teach psychic development, right? That's my, my course is the art of psychic development. And the first two rounds of that, I, I included weekly psychic development classes via Zoom. And I had students that were in the United States. I had students that were here in Australia. So, but everyone was, you know, quite far from me physically. And it was wonderful because I think a lot of them also mm, doubted that it would work, right? You know, we're not in the same room. Like I can understand if we're in the same room, but we're not in the same room. Like that's kind of, it was just a bit too far. And so what I'd usually do is I'd I'd encourage people to go through this um, process of opening our circle and connecting in together, which was to imagine that your aura is growing bigger and bigger and bigger and everyone else in the groups is growing bigger as well until almost like you zoom out and see the entire earth, you can see our auras all join together. That's us in circle. And then I'd do something like I'd hold up a card, for example, in the back of it and ask them to describe what was on the card and they would get it. Like it was wonderful. I would hold up a postcard, right? The back of the postcard, they couldn't see what was on it, describe what's on it and they would get it. And you could just see their their eyes open up and they're like, how? How? (laughs) Because it's psychic and it doesn't matter if, you know, time and space and all of that, it doesn't matter. It's still going to work. And it was wonderful because it gives people the confidence to then go on and realize that they do have a gift if they can tune into Hannah over in Australia and what I've got there. And it was specific enough, the, the things that they got that they couldn't have guessed it, you know? So yeah, wonderful to see. And I've done even when I do things like um, I used to go live quite a bit on TikTok and things like that, especially when I hit milestones in my growth on social media and I would do some readings as like a way of giving back to my followers. And the energy in that 
I would be bouncing off the walls afterwards. My husband was like, can you just go outside? Like, <laughs> <you're> just <laughs> yes. wild with energy from a phone, right? Just from all mm-hmm. the people tuning in because there'd be thousands. So it was, it, it was a wonderful way of seeing just how it can work through technology. And I'm a rising Aquarius. So I've always been, I was on Zoom doing my readings that way way before the pandemic like it was it was everyone's like you do it that way I'm like yeah it's great and then suddenly everyone's doing it I'm like oh I'm not special anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're the trailblazer yeah (laughs) so for me it's always been just such a wonderful magical tool uh, and it's wonderful that it's getting showcased that way I think as well now yeah you also have a new book which um it's Mm -hmm. from the time of us recording it hasn't come out but the time this podcast will be released it will be out in the world and it's called modern witchcraft with the great gods and you wrote it with jason Mankey. is that right yes it was a wonderful collaboration uh we split it 50 50 and mm-hmm. it was just the perfect writing experience with somebody um it was wonderful because he's good at some things like he's really good at history and mm-hmm. i'm good at like mm-hmm. setting the tone mm-hmm. so i wrote the this is the book for this this is not the book for this you know uh this is how to look at this stuff um and he wrote just like here's some history blah 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 you know and uh which is perfect and then you know we took turns writing about the different deities the histories and then magical practices so you get a wide uh, variety of perspectives and then we have the passage authors we have 21 passage authors for deities in there it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot of coordination but like it was so worth it because the passages are amazing some of them are so insightful and Mm -hmm. you know we have like two for artemis um and you know multiple for other people but or other deities um (laughs) people like they're like people to me (laughs) yeah but um yeah it's it was a wonderful experience to to get this book going and um I'm so proud of it like we've researched the f out of it too so people who like indexes and footnotes we got you well I feel like just from intuitive witchcraft you are very well researched very very well researched and Jason is also incredibly well-researched from the books of his that I've read. And I had, if anyone is interested, I did interview Jason on episode one of season one. So my very first episode was with Jason and he's wonderful. He is such a sweetheart. Love him to bits. And I think this collaboration is just gorgeous. So very excited to get my hands on it as well. You've now written, so, and then there's one more book that's coming out later this year. So that's four books. How long has it taken you to write? All four books. How many years is that over? Um, I think I started writing in 2018 and okay. there was a delay with intuitive witchcraft. <clears throat> um, and there's a delay in my uh, uh, modern witchcraft with the Greek gods too. It just didn't work as fast as Jason and I had hoped. Mm-hmm. There's just so much research and, you know, uh, it's really hard because I had to write about Demeter and Persephone and Hades and honestly, there's, there was a mystery religion with them, a mystery, um, cult with them, the whole experience, like nobody was supposed to write about it or share it at all. So, um, there was little information. There were people who had ideas about what happened and you know, what's at the site of Eleusis and you have, um, some firsthand experiences, but you don't know if these people were just being punks about what they said. So it's really interesting. And, you know, I had to uh, cite a lot of material and go into hypotheses and and I'm okay with being in that gray area you know I don't feel like uh, we have to know what exactly what happened at this uh you know 
over 2000 years ago at <laughs> this site. Um, but yeah, it was really important for me to present that in a very um, way, a very good way that people could absorb it and feel like they were part of the mysteries and to know what we know and to also feel like, oh, this is what we don't know. And, mm. you know, this is what you can think about. Oh, I think it's wonderful. Sound, it sounds magical. I guess that brings it to almost like you're pumping out a book a year, basically. That's <laughs> yeah. a lot. That's a huge undertaking. Well done. Well done. Yeah, and well, you, thank you. And you're working as well, so it's not like the full-time gig, right? I don't know how you do it. <laughs> you find the time. Yeah, I'm inspired, you know. <laughs> um, I just, I just feel the books, the information is kind of downloaded in a way into my brain. <laughs> it's... Um, I just get ideas all the time and I keep a running notebook of all my ideas and I'm always constantly writing ideas down. Like they come to me right before I'm about to sleep, when I get on the subway, you know, when I <laughs> am like driving to work, you know, all kinds of places, all kinds of uh, times. And um, I just, you know, faithfully take the notes and say, okay, you know, well, we'll see if this happens. No promises, <laughs> yeah. but um, sometimes it actually comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that um, there's almost like an, an an entity or a god of ideas, right, that sort of drops these ideas to a few different people in the hopes that the idea comes to fruition because the idea needs to be seen and explored. I love that idea. And so sometimes when I, because I get a gazillion million ideas, I'm very similar in that aspect. I love the idea that if I'm like, you know what, this isn't for me right now, but I feel like someone else is mm-hmm. going to explore that idea. Someone else will have had that idea and I'm excited mm-hmm. for them. So it's wonderful. Yeah. That's zeitgeist. That's the spirit of the times, a, a mm. certain spirit and a certain idea that needs to be hatched. And yeah. what's funny is, you know, my fourth book, um, inspiring creativity through magic, <laughs> I think it's called, it's, um, a lot of people wrote books about that kind of stuff in, um, 2022. Um, and so like, there was like a book called art, Witch. There was a book, um, uh, Laura Tempest Zakharoff wrote a book about sigil, visual alchemy, I believe. Mm. Um, and like working with sigils on this higher level. And there was another one, um, art of the occult. I think it came out in this year, 2022 or, um, 2021. And so a lot of this like art and creativity and magic synthesis, these books, these ideas wanted to come out, but, um, my book is different in that it does discuss, the creative spirit and kind of making a ritual for you to welcome the creative spirit into your creativity. So, you know, whether it be the muse or the genius or whatnot, it's, it's about um, using your own creative correspondences to create an atmosphere that facilitates the inspiration to flow through you. So you can make the art and it uplifts you. It it helps you do it on a higher level. I love it. That's what, I've experienced like mm-hmm. from writing fiction and that's how I've written so many books in such a short time. And with NaNoWriMo, as mm-hmm. you know, like that helps you write as a lot as well. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, it is a wonderful experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm going to, I'm going to tell everyone a little secret. I did, I did actually get the book that isn't out yet. Uh, inspiring creativity through magic. Yes. I got my hands on that early to have a little read through and which thank you very much and I will let you all know I was reading it I hadn't I hadn't finished it at any point I was a few chapters in 
And I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating when I tell you this, like, this is no word of a lie. I messaged you straight away, Australia. Cause I was, I'd been reading it. I think I put it down. No, I didn't put it down because I had it on my computer. I'd been reading it on my computer and I sat down for a second to take a break and check my phone for something. So I wasn't touching the computer at all. Hadn't touched it for a couple of minutes and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed the screen sort of flash white and I looked up like, oh, what's going on? Thinking, oh no, is it shutting down or something? And there was a blank Word document. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't open up Word. And this, <laughs> like, it wasn't, Word was not open on my computer at the time. It just had randomly opened and it was very bizarre. And so I put my phone down and I've looked, I'm like, why is this here? And I heard a thought drop into my head intuitively, which just basically said, start writing. And I was like, start writing? Start writing what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then I'd been, I've been, I'd been toying with the idea of writing my own story about my journey from Christianity to witchcraft. And I just knew that that was kind of what had to come out. And I was like, oh, well, okay. I didn't really know what to write. So I was like, I'll just write, um, all right. I think it starts out like I've just sort of written a little prologue and the prologue's like, well, dear reader, you won't believe it, but a Word document has magically opened up on my computer and <laughs> I'm hearing that I need to write. So I'm going to write. This is the story that I want to write and this is who I'm writing it for. So I just kind of jotted that down. And then I started getting this influx of almost like memories, like, oh, remember that first time that you um, went up to the altar at church and you had a vision? I was like, oh, that has to be in there. So I wrote that story out. Um and then I was like, oh, remember that time this happened? And I wrote that one out and I wrote this one out. And then suddenly I had a chapter and I was sitting there like, what just happened? <laughs> Inspiration. It was wonderful, totally inspired. Now it probably took me, so that was um, mid-2022, probably took me about three months, give or take, to write about 30,000 words. And they are good words and I'm really, really happy with those words. I thought, great, I'm like, I'm going to be a writer. This is wonderful. And then I was driving. So similar to you, I get these like inspirational hits when I'm either driving or about to fall asleep. I was driving and I randomly got this idea in my head about a story. And I thought, oh, that would be a really cool story to write, like a fictional, supernatural fantasy. And I was like, oh, that would be wonderful. I've, I've got to write that idea down. And so I'm driving, right? And I'm like, okay, Google, please open notes. And then I've like dictated what I wanted in there. Like, fantastic. And I keep driving. And the next song that came on related to the idea that I had, I was like, that, that would be cool. I, maybe I should put that on a playlist for ideas around this thing. But I can't, I can't focus on that because I've got the other book. I can't do two books at once. That's not something I can do. But then NaNoWriMo happened. And I thought, you know what, maybe I put the other one down for a minute and do NaNoWriMo and did 50,000 words in a month. So it's wonderful. And the ideas just get flowing. And I kept thinking about your book because you do talk about having like a ritual or correspondences that you set up. Now, just a little, you know, sneak peek. That book that I wrote for NaNoWriMo is the main character is actually one of the fallen angels. Just as I was getting the ideas around it before I'd actually started writing it, I was doing my little purchase order on one of my favorite witchy stores, uh, which is Elfheim there in Victoria. And I was just looking around for my usual supplies and I decided to have a look at some of their ritual oils just to see what they had. And they had some ones from the poisoners, apothe poisoners apothecary. 
And one of these was called Azazel, which is the main character of my book. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? And you know, when you get like the chills and you're like, okay, I need that. I I actually need that. <laughs> so I ordered yeah. it, got it. And now every time I sit down to write, I place a little bit on each wrist and I smell it and I invoke the energy of that angelic presence basically. And I, and I put out the intention. I say, help me to craft the words to paint you in the light that you want to be painted. And then I write and it's wonderful because the feedback I've had so far from people has been that they absolutely love him um, and that they feel he's like the most fleshed out and that they relate to him so much. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, I love him so much. I'm like, Oh, this is what people love my character. Like, and it's just yes. filled with inspiration. So your book was an absolute, what is the word? It lit a fire under me and really threw me onto the path of actually writing and actually sitting down and, and doing the thing that I had wanted to do for so long, but just never thought I could. Um, and just letting that inspiration flow and having that correspondence, like I've, I've got a little oil here and you know, I keep it here next to me yes. and I, it's my thing, I love that. you know? So <laughs> I think it's wonderful. And if I don't have ideas, I just put it out there. I'm like, okay, just bring what you have. And I sit down and just write whatever I have. So it's been a really yeah. great book for that. So if anyone, I mean, that comes out when July, did you say? Yeah. July 8th of 2023. Yeah. So for anyone who is wanting to do that, and it's not just for writing either, your book is for artists, dancers, like painters, whatever, whatever form of creativity that you do, it's for you. And it's all about the process in creating rather than the thing you're creating, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, you know, if you can get into that trance mindset, it's, mm -hmm. it's a magical act creating and um, magic. It, they're so similar. And yeah. I really feel like you get into that mindset and then it just takes over, you know, kind of like a uh, good magic or a good ritual can kind of just like move you to these feelings. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about, um, you know, you got the feelings or the ideas in the car. And I have this theory, like the transitory places that we're at, like we're about to go to sleep, these liminal places, yeah. like we're in the car, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it relates to Akate or Hecate, however you want to say it, um, you know, the goddess of witchcraft, um, but also Hermes, you know, the messenger, mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. the one who is um, traveling a lot. And these are Greek deities, of course, there are other deities that can correspond to those kinds of um, uh, spaces and mm -hmm. emotions or whatever. But yeah, um, and I just feel like um, there's so much power in getting out and getting into those spaces, those, those having those experiences too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when you're falling asleep, you go into that hypnagogia or hypnagogic state. Mm -hmm. And that is that transitory, like I'm not quite awake, but I'm not going to sleep. Like it's that in between and you can get some beautiful ideas. You can get intuition in that state. Uh, I have had many times and I've had students that have this as well, where as you're falling asleep, you might see faces in front of you, which mm -hmm. often can happen if you have mediumship abilities or anything like that. Um, if I get that these days, I'm like, okay, stop, wake up. I'm going <laughs> to properly, you know, ward myself before I go to sleep. Um, but that used to happen quite a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a really like open state. And I do agree with you in terms of creativity and intuition. I actually think it's the same thing. I think it's the same energy and it's opening up to that. I mean, 
do these, that it makes me question, do these ideas we have come from us? I don't think they do. I think they can be influenced by our experience and our memories, mm-hmm. but I think the ideas themselves, sometimes the words, sometimes the images, I think it comes from somewhere else. And I think it's like, beautiful. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we're just given cookie dough all the time and we're like, you know what, I'm going to make rosemary cookies and because rosemary and juniper is my grandmother, you know, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. um, and we're like, oh, pumpkin spice cookies. Yeah. That's my jam or whatever, you know, like we all have our own flavorings of the cookies, but they're all cookies and we need to like share our cookies with the world. We need to bake our cookies that we had, we take such pleasure in making our own cookies. Right. But we get the dough from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like that great metaphor. <laughs> I, I hope, um, but yeah. And you know what? I would not be opposed to it not being a metaphor and everyone just sharing cookies with everyone. I think that's a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, I want to taste everyone's cookies. Like, yeah. I'm curious. Like, I love learning though. It's it's one of those things. I'm a lifelong learner. I've read mm-hmm. books for so long and um, yeah, it's just one of my favorite things is reading. What's your So favorite? I hope that you, I hope that you write your book about um, your story because oh, I, I think I the world needs that. I, I hope you finish it and uh, put it out there um, because I think a lot of people come from some of those oppressive religions into more of an empowering state, whether mm. they reach it through magic, whether they call it witchcraft or not. You know, I feel like everyone can relate to that because I mean, even society is oppressive, even if you weren't raised, you know, with uh, the Christianity kind of religions in your in your upbringing. Mm. Um, yeah, everyone can relate to that. So I hope that you do continue to write that and eventually publish so. it. Well, I think both the books that I'm writing, interestingly enough, whilst one is a real story, which was in a way quite easy because I didn't have to think of a plot. I didn't have to do a plot outline or anything. It is my life, right? So that made it yeah. easier to do. Uh, but that obviously has themes of Christianity, deconstruction and witchcraft. And in the other book that I'm writing, which is a fantasy supernatural about fallen angels set in 2000 BC in mm. Kemet, which is ancient Egypt, very, very different style of book, right? Mm-hmm. But it too has themes of Christianity, deconstruction and religion. They're like mm-hmm. the same, they have the same message in each book. <laughs> and I yeah. love that. And it was unintentional and it's, oh, it just soothes my soul. So the plan is to you know obviously finish them and then query and we'll just we'll see we will see so yeah good luck fingers crossed but they'll get out there yeah they'll get out there even if I if I didn't find traditional publishing I would self-publish them I think they need to be in the world yeah I self-published my fiction books um I queried a little bit but I was just impatient you know I really wanted my books to be out there in the world (laughs) it was I just was like live (laughs) And then you get full control as well. You don't have to, um, you know, change anything if you don't want to. You get the title you want, you get the image you want, you get the preface or the quote, you know, the style you want, but you you do have to put a little bit more work into it to develop it. But it's, I think it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Now going back to your cookie analogy, what's your favorite cookie? Oh, um, I, I love chocolate. (laughs) so I would have to say like a double chocolate cookie Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for them like some cookies like sugar cookies I'm like pass you know um like you know some I don't know artificial colored cookies I'm like no thank you I'm not hungry I will always eat 
a double chocolate cookie every was, single time. I was going to say mine is probably a triple chalk, which I guess it's like the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need your recipe. <laughs> it's actually, I'm not kidding. It is the I have a recipe and it is one that I don't pull out too often because they disappear immediately. So I will send it to you today. Maybe I will yeah. bake it today. That's I think it needs idea. to be part of the show notes too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good idea. I will put my triple chocolate chip recipe in this, in the show notes. So say below. Yeah. Um, the world needs your cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how can we, what correspondences does chocolate have? How can we make it magical? Oh, um, well, I, you know, you there's, the there's so many sensual correspondences say, with chocolate. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'll give you my sex um, cookie recipe <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> yes. Like, please call it that in parentheses too. Yeah. <laughs> my other um, my other favorite one, which I don't bake myself, but I will always buy when I see them at the shops, is uh, Speculas cookies, which is a Dutch spice cookie. Mm-hmm. They are heaven and they just remind me of my grandparents because they were a constant staple in their pantry, so speckless dear to my heart dipped in coffee glorious I make a speckless crust for my cheesecakes yes oh that sounds wonderful it's amazing I haven't had cheesecake in years years and years but that sounds good I make a lot of like pecan pie style things and the crust is usually made from biscuits so yeah I could totally use that Sounds good. Awesome. So lastly, very last thing that I wanted to ask today, what is your number one piece of advice for witches who want to deepen their intuition? I would say, listen to your gut and believe in what you feel. A lot of people say fake it until you make it, but I think that's a path to keep on faking it. So I I really believe in just believing in yourself and being real. And if you don't feel like doing something like acknowledging that and not faking anything ever, (laughs) I mean, we all have to show up to work and be like, yeah, I'm a real not angry person, you know, but, um, you know, when it comes down to intuition, um, really listening to who you are, where you are, giving yourself space and time to just be who you are and taking up that space. It's okay. Whatever you're feeling, you can get through that, especially if you acknowledge it. If you keep on faking it until you make it, then, you know, you may never do the shadow work. You may never um, try to reach for uh, beautiful, wonderful things. You, you know, you have to go through through, um, the caves sometimes to get over the mountains. So keep going, keep listening to your gut and believe what it tells you and, you know, form that relationship. So yeah, that's my best piece of advice. I think it's wonderful. And it's something that I often teach with my students as well is that trusting aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. because once you start to doubt your intuition, that's when you block your intuition. So Mm -hmm. trusting is, is a big part in that and believing that you are capable of knowing these things, even if you don't know how you know them. So, yeah. Yeah. It be okay with uncertainty. That's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on today. Thank you. Can this you, was wonderful. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? 
Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Estrella Taylor. Um, I just made a Mastodon account at Estrella Taylor at the Witches Live, you know, and uh, I'm on Twitter at Estrella Writes. I have a Facebook page, Estrella Taylor Author. Um, I still kind of have a Pathios blog called Starlight Witch, but not really. <laughs> I don't know. I should write on it some more. Um, but yeah, mostly you can find me at bookstores. So um, I encourage you to um, read my books and let me know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And if you do read any of Australia's books, please leave her a review on uh, Amazon or Goodreads and all of those things. It really, really helps with authors and means more than you realize. In that same vein, so do podcast reviews. So feel free to leave one for this one if you are enjoying it. Um, tell me what you love, what your favorite episode has been or something that you've learned that's really helped you. That would be wonderful to hear. So thank you again, Australia. And for everyone out there listening, I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are in the world today. We will chat to you next time. And for all of the links for Australia and for the sex cookie recipe, you can find them in the show notes for this episode, along with links to book in with me for any tarot or astrology readings. Have a wonderful day. Bye.